Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We're back. And Jason, what part is it? It is part two. Part two for the first it's time. It's been so long. For the first time this this year. It's part two. I've said part two. 17 weeks this year of part deux. Or actually 16 weeks. 16-ish. 16-ish weeks of part deux this week. Do you know what I realized? Fantasy championship weeks aren't going to be on Christmas anymore. They used to be like on Christmas. I remember one time watching Christmas is my birthday by the way. I remember one time watching Travis Kelsey take a 80-yard touchdown to the house against the Broncos on Christmas that sealed my fantasy championship on my birthday on Christmas. That's like joy. It's like after that moment it's just been all downhill. It's just been downhill from there. What? <laughs> I'm just saying that you know you just had a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> but did you hear what I just said? Fantasy Christmas fantasy football championship. Um anyway, um let's get into the second slate. Are you ready? The I don't know why I said that. It's not there. I <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? The uh, no, no, we're not doing the Raiders yet. The Raiders of the money. I know it's game. coming though. I know. I'm just I'm too anxious. That's I have to last. get it out now and then I'll get it out later too. That's last. Um you know what? It's a good thing you did that though, because it gives me a chance to plug the app. Don't forget to download the app. Uh, Fantasy Football by Brodo app. And to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Uh Jason on the Patreon episode this week already predicted the future and said this was going to be a great A B game and also said this was going to be a um a Gronk touchdown written all over it game. And guess what you got? You got yourself a Gronk touchdown. I know for me personally, I had Gronk at like 17th in my rankings. I was like, Jason said Gronk touchdown. He was right. I moved him up to like 11th. I'm looking like a genius right now. Um, <laughs> and it's because of Jason. So, well, uh, well done, kid. Yeah, go get access to that on patreon.com slash brotofantasy. And don't forget to download the app for literally every single fantasy football tool you'll ever need, ever, um, ever. So let's get started. Our New York Jets, hometown team, um, at the Panthers in the Sam Darnold revenge game. And Jason, I know what you're thinking. Jason's not about this Sam Darnold narrative. Jason is not about revenge. See, Jason doesn't think emotions play part in an emotional game like football. He doesn't think that drafting a first-round quarterback uh, would make a guy like Aaron Rodgers come back from the dead and win the MVP. No, he, he doesn't want to admit that that would play a role. He still doesn't want to admit that plays a role. And now he won't admit that revenge will play a role in Sam Darnold having a very good game. I am starting Sam Darnold in two Superflex leagues this week. Because oh, you better say Superflex. I was about to knock you out. No, yeah, it's Superflex. I'm not, I'm not going that crazy. But I got him ranked as my... I think 16th quarterback. I got the rankings in front of me. Give me one second. That's dumb as fuck. I got him as my 16th quarterback this week, and I don't think it's dumb as fuck. The Jets are an injured defense. The Jets have a underrated defense. Hey, I thought that, and then their defensive players started going down like flies, particularly Carl Lawson, who is the key to this defense. And they and they have 
and literally just release Bless Austin, who was supposed to start at cornerback. So we don't even know who's starting it at left cornerback. On the right cornerback is the Bryce Hall. Release Bless Austin to like a couple days ago. He's just outright released. So the Jets, the Jets defense right now is in flux because of all these injuries that that are happening to them. So right now we have two, a fifth and a sixth round rookie who played safety in college, starting at linebacker. This team's going to go through lumps. This team's going to go through lumps. And Sam Darnold's going to be there to smooth out the lumps right off the bat. Because he's going to be hungry. He's going to have Christian McCaffrey to throw to. He's going to have DJ Moore to throw to. He's going to have Robbie Anderson, who's also probably got some revenge on his mind. For me, I'm thinking that the Panthers are going to have a good day. I'm, I'm not, I think the Panthers are going to win the game. And I think that Sam Darnold's going to have a good game. Tell me why I'm stupid. Go ahead. Tell me why. Because it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold doesn't win games. That's it. You're That's bugging. why you're stupid. You're bugging. You're bugging. This guy's had great I games. I do think the, the Jets have an underrated defense. And they definitely have a good defensive line. We could at least agree on that. And the defensive linebackers aren't awful. So guess what? Fucking Sam Darnold can't handle it. Yeah. Sam Darnold can't handle shit. And now the Panthers are five and a half point favorites. When was the last time Sam Darnold beat a team by six? What has he done that four times in his career? I'm never trusting Sam Darnold. I'm just not. Stupid. I don't even know why we're talking about Sam Darnold on this fantasy podcast. Because he's about to have a great game and support two wide receivers that I think are both going to have good games against the Jets this week. I think DJ Moore, um, you know, I don't, he doesn't score touchdowns, so it's always hard for me to rank DJ Moore as a wide receiver one. But he's my wide receiver 14, which is as close to wide receiver one as you're getting. And I have Robbie Anderson as, as wide receiver 33. So I think that both of these guys are startable options. Um, what say you? I mean, those are reasonable areas to have them. I have him a little lower than you. I have more at 20 and Anderson at 35. So Sam Donald doesn't need to be good for these guys to hit those numbers. Oh, Robbie Anderson last year was a walking Wide receiver three scored eight through 12 points basically every week, which is boring, but I, I don't see why he can't do the same against the Jets. And then he, he, DJ Moore is higher because he's just more talented and he can make things happen with the ball. And there isn't a super imposing cornerback on the other side. So I think you can start both of those guys. Doesn't mean I think Sam Darnold's going to have a great game. Um, do you know why I think Sam Darnold's going to pr- probably have partially a great game? Uh, it's because, McCaffrey. yeah, I think, you know, the guy, the no, the actual number one target on this team, Christian McCaffrey, number one running back on the week. I think Sam Darnold maybe throws him two touchdowns. You know, like there's there's no reason to think he doesn't. There's no reason to think Sam Darnold won't throw Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns. Against the Jets who are playing two rookies at linebacker. Yes, they have a really good front front line, and they have a very deep defensive line. The defensive line one of the best units in the NFL. But then you got a linebacker with C.J. Mosley and a bunch of nobodies, and then you have a safety core with Marcus May and a bunch of nobodies. There's no reason why Christian McCaffrey won't carve the shit out of these rookies in their first he game. He will. Yes, he will. All right, so there you go. Sam Darnold's going to throw him the ball to I, do it. I think I think he will. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 10 catches in this game. Just because that's how it's... Like, 
The Jets have a great defensive line. Why would you put? Why would you run Christian McCaffrey in between the tackles if you can get him out in space and he can do so much more damage? I just think this has a Christian McCaffrey 100% written all over a game uh, in the passing game. Let's go over to the other side, though, because that's our thoughts on the Panthers. Um, but, and also, super dart throw. I think Dan Arnold's a dart throw. Oh, my goodness, with Dan Arnold. This is a very, like I said, very young inexperienced defense Sam Darnold like he's a good quarterback going to take lumps it's going to take lumps imagine talking about an awful tight end I mean an awful quarterback with a tight end who's never done anything you're basically asking me right now when did you become such a Sam Darnold hater it's like you want Kyle Rudolph to start in fantasy lineups that's what you're saying right now by saying Dan Arnold what happened to you I watched him. This is yo, for years. <laughs> <laughs> that I guess you didn't That's watch the same happened. games. I guess you didn't watch the same games I was watching. I guess not. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll find uh, out. Yeah, yeah. We'll find out on Sunday. Um on the other side though, I think Corey Davis is my favorite play of the um of the Jets. I think he's definitely going to get the volume. I think that you saw the rapport that he built with Zach Wilson in the in the preseason. Um, him, Zach Wilson and Corey Davis, by the way, named the two captains of the Jets on offense, which is pretty big because you got that's a a brand new guy, two brand new guys, a rookie and a guy who just just came in for the first time on a contract. I guess I I think that's good news um, for the coaching staff and for that team for the future. And it's also good news for Corey Davis's fantasy outlook because he's going to get. I think he's that shows what the team, how the team feels about him in general, right? He's obviously looked up to. He's looked up to as that number one force kind of dude. Um, Zach Wilson, we don't know what we're gonna get out of him yet. Um, this isn't the worst matchup to start your career in because now, you know, Zach Wilson kind of has a little bit of a fire under him as well. He doesn't want to lose to Sam Darnold either. You want to make a bet? Zach Wilson scores more points than Sam Darnold. I will make a bet on that. Yes. One thousand and ninety percent. You have Zach. Do you have Zach Wilson ranked above Sam Darnold? Yes. What, bro? You're letting your Jets glasses. I'm not get too foggy. The Panthers bro. secondary is a joke. Zach Wilson will be able to. Well, down goes Mike. Down goes Mike. <laughs> Zach Wilson will be able to use his legs a little bit. I think Corey Davis is going to have a good game. If Elijah Moore is able to break out a little bit, that's a possibility. If Jamison Crowder is healthy, he's going to. There's no one on the Panthers who can guard Jamison Crowder. You might think that sounds crazy, but Jamison Crowder, when healthy, has been great his entire career. Like, he's a very good slot receiver. And I think Michael Flora is going to generate a good offense for a rookie quarterback, help him get easy throws. I would not be surprised at all if Zach Wilson scores more points than Sam Darnold. And it's more of a knock on Sam Darnold because it's not like I have Zach Wilson ranked super high. I just don't believe in Sam Darnold. You're gonna be That's it. You're Carolina gonna allowed 36 and a half fantasy points per game to receivers last year. It's a shitload. And they didn't really get any better. And Corey Davis was sixth in fantasy points per outrun last year. Now that's going to drop. He, it, Zach Wilson's not Ryan Tannehill. But I think he's going to get a shitload of targets. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Davis leaves this game with 15 targets. I agree. 
That's why I like Corey Davis in this game. I have him as wide receiver, wide receiver 24 right now. I like I like him in this game. I think that uh, he's the only one I like, though. I'm not playing anyone else with confidence right now. Tevin Coleman is the starter, but it looks like Ty Johnson's the, like, that starter, starter, and and, and Tevin Coleman's only the quote-unquote starter. Um, we don't know what's going on with Michael Carter. He didn't even appear on the on the depth chart. So what what is going on with Michael Carter? We don't know. Um, Elijah Moore missed the entire preseason. I'm not going to bank on a rookie's first game with no preseason. Uh, Keelan Cole is not someone I'd ever imagine rostering. And Keelan Cole is actually the on the depth chart is the starter opposite Corey Davis. Well, there you go. That's that's, that's what I mean. And then also. Uh, Jameson Crowder's on the COVID list still. Uh, he's on the COVID list now, so I'm I'm assuming he's not vaccinated. So he's on the COVID list, so he's probably not going to play. So I'm uh, Corey Davis and no one else for me. If you're in a super deep league, I don't hate Elijah Moore in your flex. I hate it. I hate it. Elijah Moore's a talented motherfucker, man. He, it's, he's a rookie in his first game. No one's denying that he's talented, but come on. It's not. It's not smart to play that odds. Those those odds are not smart. If you're playing I the odds, I said a deep flex play, bro. Yeah. All right, but still, if like you can even get a better guy to deep flex, I'd give Elijah Moore a chance over Terrace Marshall, the rookie on the other side. What about Darnell Mooney? You know, I'm not a big Mooney guy. I'd probably go Dar- uh, Moore, honestly. Tyrell Williams. War, AJ Green. I'll go more over Williams. AJ more Green. over AJ Green. Traquan Smith. More. I got I got the, all of these guys ranked above Elijah Moore. I do not. I don't know, man. I, a rookie in his first game is not. It's not really appealing to me. All right, let's if go. He's the starting slot receiver for the rookie quarterback. I don't care if he's a rookie. Tyler Croft. That's someone I think is going to be sneaky good this year. I think Tyler Croft is going to be someone you're going to be able to stream a couple times. Cause a name to watch for sure. He's talented. He's always produced when he's had the opportunity. And don't forget, he got a big contract from the Bengals a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I'm sorry, the Bills. Got a big contract from the Bills from the Bengals. So, I mean, this, he was being paid to be a, a, a really good starting player. And then he just got hurt. So, if he, if he can stay healthy, he's a guy to look out for. Um, Cardinals at Titans. This one is probably going to be a smorgasbord of a smorgasbord of great fantasy production. Game. Yeah. Um, no, you don't get it, Tim. I love it. You love it. Tell me. Tell me more. Tim. Tell me more. Tell me more. I love it. Go ahead and tell me why. <laughs> All right. Um, because these are two teams with awful defenses. Yeah. And. Good offenses, and that about sums it up. I mean, uh, it's a little bit of a stretch. Look, the Cardinals looked really bad this offseason, and I know it's just a preseason. I mean, in the preseason. And I didn't believe in Cliff Kingsbury last year. He didn't do anything to make me believe in him. But there's talent. There's talent in Kyler Murray. And last year, this team ran the ball 21 times per game which is below league average. The year before, they ran the ball 17 times per game, lowest in the NFL. Passing the ball a lot means opportunities for your playmakers, but also it means 
the clock stopping on incompletions, which means a lot of offense. So that's why I like this game, because I think Kyler Murray is going to have a lot of opportunity. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a lot of opportunity. Chase Edmonds will probably get a decent amount of work. And then what's going to happen on the other side? We have Ryan Tannehill, who's going to feast. I have him as my quarterback four. The Cardinals can't handle Ryan Tannehill, and he's going to want to come out and make a statement with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones on the outside. Josh Reynolds as well is a starter on their depth chart. And even crazier, maybe, I don't know if it's crazy or not, my favorite DFS and possibly streamer tight end this week, Anthony Ferkser. Not crazy. Last year, the Titans threw the ball 8.6 passes per game to their tight ends. So if Anthony Ferkser only saw 70% of that, he'd get six targets per game. Last year, John o. Smith saw five targets per game and was tight end 10 or something like that. So I really like Ferkser in this game as well. I'm starting Tannehill, Murray, Julio, A.J. Brown, Ferkser in later in deeper leagues. DeAndre Hopkins, Chase Edmonds, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. And then I didn't even mention Derrick Henry, who you're, of course, starting against the super porous Cardinals run defense. It's a lot of players. Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Are there any, like, ancillary characters on the... I'd like to watch Rondell Moore. I agree. I think... I want to see how A.J. Green is used, too, because if A.J. Green is, like, on the field and is being used in the red zone, that's a guy who, like, if he scores 10 touchdowns, would you be shocked? Yes. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if he scored 10 touchdowns. After seeing him last year, I don't believe he can do it. I mean, last year he was good in those situations, though. The problem he had was separating. But he was still good at the jump balls. Like, he's still 6'4". You know, like, he's still a, a, an animal. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> don't even think about starting Christian Kirk. No, no. He's done. Christian Kirk's Fucking not, not going to be a thing anymore. Bitched in Kirk. That's just he's unnecessary. A bitch. That's unnecessary. It's so overrated. It's wild. How could someone who's never been good be overrated? I don't get it. Yeah, Christian Kirk doesn't make much sense to me either. Never, never really has. Um, so I mean that you you gotta. I guess you're starting every single Titan with with some kind of confidence. There's there there might be a chance that one of them doesn't pan out, but Tannehill is as good as a bet as any. Uh, the the receivers, both of them, AJ Brown and Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. Um, I think Anthony Ferkser is the guy that you're taking a chance on because of all those weapons. But I like that as well for the reasons you said. Um, yeah, and on the Cardinals side, expect DeAndre Hopkins and, and Kyler Murray, and but don't expect much else um, from anyone else. What about James Conner, though? Because uh, you mentioned yeah, you're going to I don't love start. this game for Conner. Okay. This is going to be a passing fest, a slug fest, a schnabanaka. It's not going to be one of those games where Chase Edmonds... I mean, James Conner runs the ball. I mentioned how little Cliff Kingsbury runs the ball in general. If Conner's going to see the majority of that, but he's also going to lose some touches to Edmonds. Of course, Murray's going to run a bit. What do I want 12 rushes from James Conner for? Because that's how I see this game going. I don't see it as a game where Conner will get more than 12 rushes. To be honest, man, I don't, I don't really like either running back in this game. I don't really like Chase Edmonds either. I know that he'll probably get some catches, but 
Oh, I don't love Chase Edmonds either, but yeah. if you drafted him as your RB2 or flex, no, you're starting this, isn't, this isn't the game where you're fading him. Yeah, that's very true. This is the game made for his skill set. Is there anyone else in this game you want to talk about? Uh, Josh I just Reynolds. want to keep an eye on what Josh Reynolds' role is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, That was Jason's number one sleeper in the offseason, and then Julio Jones came to town and ruined all of Jason's hopes and dreams. Um, Browns at Chiefs. My dreams. Is the next game. Um, best part about the Chiefs, as Jason says, always funnel offense, right? You're going to start Tyreek Hill with confidence. You're going to start Travis Kelsey as the tight end one. You're going to start Patrick Mahomes as the top three quarterback. That's said and done. I think the question is, what do you get out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this game? And I think this game is really important to see what his role is. Does he have a bigger role than last last year? Is he catching more passes? Um, what's, what is his role? Is he more effective when he's getting the ball? Because last year, one of the things, people, it's, it's, it's a nice way to say it, inefficient, quote-unquote, inefficient. But what that means is sucks, right? Like someone who's inefficient was not good when given the opportunity. That, that means sucks. So... Um, he wasn't as good last year as you would hope to see. Does he get better? Does he improve? Um, how do you feel about Clyde, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this specific matchup against the Browns? All right. Well, first, he practiced in full. So that's a good thing. The most important ability is availability. Yes. The question, honestly, right now is how much work is he going to get? And is he going to get goal line carries? That's last year. He got stuffed on like three goal line carries in like two drives. And then it kind of went downhill from there. And that's what you need from Clyde Edwards. Cause I just, the potential is so much there and he has the ability, but last year, even when he was putting up good numbers, it just didn't look sexy. This preseason, nothing about his game looked sexy. Like, you can tell he has the ability, but at times it just looks like he's a little boring. So it's all about what the opportunity is going to be and what he could do with it. If you drafted him, this Browns matchup, yeah, sure, they have Miles Garrett and whatnot, Jadavion Clowney. But those are guys who are going to get after the quarterback. Um, They're not, like, Edwards Alaire can still find room on the ground. He can still catch some passes. I want to see what percentage of the plays he's going to play, if he's going to get goal line work, and go from there. But you're starting him this week if you have him. Um, what about on the Brown side? Uh, Baker Mayfield is someone who's in consideration in super flex leagues uh, to start in this game. You'd expect the Browns to have to pass a lot because the Chiefs are going to score. So Baker Mayfield is someone that becomes a little interesting in those super flex leagues. And his... His weapons, um, we know, and I've been a very big proponent, and I've flashed the numbers a whole bunch of times. I'm not going to bore you again with the numbers. What I'll say is, historically, Baker Mayfield is much better when OBJ is not on the field. OBJ will be on the field. So will uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, so will Austin Hooper. How do you feel about these pass-catching options? And so will the the people's champion, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, will also be on the field. And your champion, Jason Hollywood Higgins. Um, how do you feel about these Browns uh, pass-catching options 
and quarterback. All right. So Jarvis Landry has never seen less than 100 targets in a year in his career. So he's a PPR wide receiver three flex play. Like, you know what you're getting from Jarvis Landry. OBJ, on the other hand, last year in the games he played, averaged seven targets, four catches, and 58 yards. And now people still rank him as a wide receiver, too. The Chiefs had one of the best defenses against wide receivers last year. People just forget about that. They assume their defense isn't that good because they get into high-scoring games. Most of the time, it's because the Chiefs have a high fucking score. So... You're probably starting OBJ if you drafted him because you probably drafted him as your wide receiver two, three against, if you listen to this podcast, against my will of telling you not to. Mine too. So, like, you have him if you're starting him, but I'm not happy about the matchup. I'm not excited. I don't see his name and think, oh, hell yeah. Like, I just don't see it. It's boring. I don't know. I just... What's the upside? I, It's such a low-volume attack. OBJ's not going to go 8 for 150 and 2. Like, those days are over. Historically, on the running back side, Kareem Hunt has outperformed Nick Chubb in games where they lose. This game is obviously projected for them to lose. They're facing the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are at home. What's your outlook on Nick Chubb and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in this one? Yeah, I'm always betting on Nick Chubb over Kareem Hunt. The thing is that Browns are a good team. They have a good defense. They have a game manager, control the clock offense. And I don't see why Nick Chubb can't succeed. I don't think the Chiefs are going to get out to a 21 to nothing lead and um, just get the running game out of that's true. Their offense, I think Nick Chubb will be utilized heavily and often. And then when it comes to Cream Hunt, it's the whole do I want to trust a backup running back thing? And last year, what he depended on was his pass catching abilities. So that's what you're looking at here with Cream Hunt. Is he gonna catch passes? In this game, are the Chiefs going to go up early and is Kareem Hunt going to be needed? He also had 11 touchdowns last year. So is he going to find the end zone? I think Kareem Hunt was being drafted a little too high. Ideally, I don't start him. He's a decent flex option. If you want to put him in your flex. But ideally, he's on your bench, in my opinion. Yeah, because I agree. Last year, someone else who dealt with an injury, Austin Hooper, when he came back to the, the season, he was a lot more productive. And early in the season, when he was playing with OBJ, he averaged five and a half targets per game. That's only one and a half targets less than OBJ was seen. So I think Austin Hooper even has some like tight end streaming appeal. Interesting. Which would mean less targets for Kareem Hunt. The Browns targeted their tight ends at the highest rate of any team last year. 30%. Of the targets went to the tight ends. It's interesting to note. That tells me that Austin Hooper was being underdrafted. I think he, it's because he has a lot of competition. David Njoku's going to get playing time. Harrison Bryant's going to get playing time. They have a very deep tight end room. So it's interesting. 
He's not like he's getting the money, so he'll get first crack. But there's no guarantee that Austin Hooper, I don't know, stays stays as the main tight end for the entire season. Not not even maybe for this game. I think that that's why that's why their that position is targeted yeah, so much. That. That's I mean that's why this ticket that you say follow the money until it's convenient not to. No, I'm saying follow the money as Austin Hooper will get the most playing time, but Austin Hooper got paid that much too because he's the best blocker of the bunch and his value at as a blocker shows because he's always on the field and he blocks all the time. So when the Joku comes in, he's coming in to catch a pass. So I think that's it's the value for tight end is different than value for wide receiver. No one's paying a wide receiver because of his ability to block. Um, let's go to the next game. Dolphins at Patriots. This is one of those games where I think uh, we're looking at a... We're looking at quite possibly a Patriots blowout victory. Um, Tua was not voted captain by his teammates, which is interesting. That is not a vote of confidence for Tua. Um, and I just think the Patriots... The Patriots did a great... They're, they're a team that can really game plan for a specific guy. Uh, Bill Belichick's genius is that two things. He can he can mold his team to whatever it needs to be on that day. And he's the greatest halftime adjuster ever. The guy... I, I know for me personally, getting completely dominated by the Patriots for years as a Jets fan, I can tell you that there were many games where I thought the Jets were in full control of those games for a half, and then all of a sudden everything changes. I, I've seen that with other teams too against the Patriots. That's just how they do. And Tua right now seems to be a guy that you can game plan against. And this team seems to be very one-dimensional, and they don't, they're don't they not afraid to show it. The two guys on the outside, uh, Will Fuller won't be playing in this game, but there's two speed guys. So they're going to probably want to go down the field. I would expect the Patriots to take that away um, from Miami and force them to play in the intermediate. And that's where Tua kind of struggles. So I think the, I think the Patriots are going to control this game. And I think that I'm, I'm not playing Tua and I'm not really excited about playing any Dolphins in this game. What say you? I agree with you. I think this is the week that you want to trust Mike Kosicki, honestly, because if you look at the weapons that, the Dolphins have. They have Devontae Parker. All right, fine. Devontae Parker. People have been wanting to be good for years now. Will Fuller suspended. Jalen Waddle's a rookie. So Mike Kosicki, who saw more targets than anyone else from Tua last year, is probably going to be a main option for Tua this week. So I, I believe in Mike Kosicki on the Dolphins side of things. And if you drafted Miles Gaskin in round five, or sixth, then you're starting him because it's week one and you at least expect him to be the starter in week one. So I agree with you that it's not a good matchup. They're on the road in New England. It'll be tough. And Rob Gronkowski scores touchdown number two. Really? Yeah. Let's get it. I'm, I'm on a little bit of a delay to Jason right now, but I'm about to watch this play unfold. So you're starting Waddle and, I mean, Kosicki and Gaskin, in my opinion, on those teams. I, I'm not starting. I mean, okay, Gaskin, I guess, because now he is the starter. I don't like Gaskin long term because 
I don't think he keeps that role. But for now, he is the starter. I want to see. See, I don't know what they're going to do with Malcolm Brown, though. And that's what scares me. Like, if if Salvin Ahmed is coming out and splitting carries against the Patriots, I mean, not Salvin Ahmed, uh, Miles Gaskin is coming out and splitting carries against the Patriots. I don't want that. I don't want that player. He's going to underperform. So th- I'm not interested in that. On the other side, though, Damian Harris, that is someone I am very, very, very interested in in this game. The Patriots come into the the, league, the the game with the third-ranked offensive line, according to PFF, and we have a rookie playing in his first game. Bill Belichick is not about to let Mac Jones pass the ball more than 30 times tops, maybe. This guy's going to pass the ball, if I had to put my money on it, 20 to 25 times, which means it's going to be a lot of Damian Harris up the gut. Damian Harris off right tackle. Damian Harris off left tackle. And the Patriots just chipping away at the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins' strength lies in their secondary. So another reason why Bill Belichick is a genius because he does things like this as well. So I think Damian Harris is destined for a touchdown in this game. I think it's almost a guarantee. And I wouldn't be surprised if he puts in 100 on the ground either. I think Damian Harris can have a big game in this one. Look, if the game goes as you expect, then I concur. And honestly, I don't see this game. I don't... I. <sighs> 10% chance maybe that this game ends up in a game where it's a, the James White show rather than Damian Harris. Like, I really, like, I agree that this game was made for Damian Harris. Rookie quarterback in Foxborough, not great quarterback on the other side. I agree that it's a good game for Damian Harris. Did that hurt to say? Honestly, besi- no, I, I like Damian Harris. He's not in full PPR leagues. <laughs> Michael hates him a little more in half PPR than I do. What I don't really like in this game are the receivers. You can take a shot. I'll take that back. Well, maybe. (laughs) I like one receiver, Nelson Aguilar. They paid him the money. He's going to be the number one receiver. I want to see what he does with it. He's not anything more than a flex play this week. But do not try to get smart and play Jacoby Myers, please. Because I barely even like Nelson Aguilar. Don't forget the Dolphins have Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. And Jacoby Myers is a no-touchdown scoring undrafted player with awful measurables. So enough with the Jacoby Myers fest. Sit the guy in an awful matchup. The best pass catching option, honestly, is Jonu Smith. I agree with you 100%. I was just about to talk about Jonu Smith. I like him a lot. The, I think he might catch a touchdown as well. The Dolphins allowed almost 12 points a game to tight ends last year. Jonu Smith scored almost 11 points per game last year. And that was when he was rarely utilized. He was seeing five targets a game. Ryan Tannehill, Truth or Value King, kept that those points up regardless. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jonu Smith has a good game and sees like eight targets. I agree. I think Jonah Smith is gonna is gonna have a good game here. It's interesting. Hunter Henry is gonna play in this game as well. I'm interested yeah. to see like everyone's assuming Jonah Smith is the is the one that's gonna be like the Gronk of the Aaron Hernandez Gronk combination um, of Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith. I think that that's a assumption that it makes me uncomfortable when everyone agrees on something like that. Like I always like I always second guess it. Like everyone's just kind of saying this is like, but there's no real proof of it. I'm skeptical. 
So I'm still skeptical that Jonu Smith is the main guy. I think it still might be Hunter Henry. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm wrong about that in this in this Jonu Smith uh, prediction because I think if Jonu Smith is the guy, then that's then that's someone I'm definitely looking forward to playing. So with that being said, is there anyone else in this game that you'd like to hit? You're not starting Mac Jones. No, he's a rookie in his first game against a good defense with a good secondary. All right, the next one, the Broncos at the Giants. Another one where I just love the Broncos' defense in this game. The Broncos have two elite pass rushers in this game, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, um, and they're playing the Giants, who have the worst offensive line in the league coming into the day, according to PFF. Um, They have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who has pocket jitters a a lot, uh, fumbles a lot. Uh, I think the Broncos cause him to turn the ball over a couple times, at least, um, in this game. I think the Broncos' defense overwhelmed the Giants. I'm also not starting any Giants in this game, and that includes Saquon Barkley, who I have at RB22 right now. I don't want any part of Saquon Barkley in this game. I'm going to, even if I drafted him high, if I guess if you have to play him, play him. But I want to see how they use him in game one. Like, this guy's coming back from an ACL way mad quick it's just you ever see friday night lights of course you have you know booby miles yeah doesn't it have a little booby miles (laughs) feeling to it like i don't want to jinx the dude but like they're rushing him for what reason to get him back on this shit ass team like i don't i don't mr p i don't know why i called mr p i just felt like it I have Barkley as my running back 23, and I might move him lower. Yo, Jason, we, we and you on the same page today, kid. Yo, the fucking Broncos have a good defense, man. They do. And Von Miller's And Saquon back. Barkley, week one is two days away, and the guy hasn't even has he even played a full practice, like by the real meaning of full. I'm not even sure. And the team is saying that they're – they don't think he'll have a full workload. Immediately, they're saying they don't think he'll have a full workload. So what do we want from this guy? What do we expect? Do we expect him to come off his ACL tear and break off an 80-yard touchdown? Because to me right now, that seems like the only way he's going to score points. I could, listen, we could be saying this and we're just being naive and forgetting how good Saquon Barkley is, and it's entirely possible. But someone who's on a snap count against the Broncos with Daniel Jones as his quarterback. I agree. He's I mean, back end RB2 at best. J- Jason Garrett, this is what he said when last, and he was limited in Thursday practice. That's what it says, limited. So probably not getting hit with pads. Definitely not. Uh, this is what Jason Garrett told the New York Post. He said, um, and a pop up just came up. We have a lot of confidence in the guys we have, but obviously Saquon's a special player. He'll get his opportunities. That sounds like a guy who is not going to give him a not going to be the main focus in a, in a game. Sterling Shepard said he's been looking good. Um, Garrett says, "Trust me, I was on the other side with this guy. He's one of those dynamic players, both in the rushing game and the passing game. He's one of those players that can make a three-yard run and a four-yard run and a two-yard run or a one-yard run, and then he catches the screen and goes for 65 yards. We've lived that, trying to stop him. It's great to have him on our side. We'll we'll try to give him opportunities. I have no confidence in that. That doesn't sound like confident at all to me. So Saquon, I'm, I'm and Kenny Galladay, I have no interest in playing in this game." 
Um, the Denver secondary is too good, and he D- Daniel Jones is just not going to have a lot of time. This is a uh, this is an elite pass rush. So, um, I just I'm I'm fading every single giant. All day's another guy who hasn't really practiced in full. Like again on Wednesday, Galladay limited in practice, limited, limited. He'll probably be out there more than Barkley, but what can we expect? Daniel Jones every year has a true throw value outside the top 30. So Galladay is very good, and he can make plays happen. (coughs) But Daniel Jones isn't very good, and he's already dealing with a bad hamstring. So I agree that Galladay is more of a flex than a wide receiver three. Um. And I'm not really excited about Sterling Shepard either. It's been like eight fucking years now, I feel like, that we've been talking about Sterling Shepard. People just want him to be a thing. Like fucking Christian Kirk is Sterling Shepard reincarnated. It's funny it's funny because those guys have a lot of parallels just in general. They're like kind of the same, you know, athletic profile. They kind of have the same kind of you know, production. It's it's funny that you mentioned those two together. I mean, I'm. Is there anyone on the Giants you want to start? No, I fading the entire so. Giants, and I'm starting yeah. the Broncos defense if I can because the Broncos have great matchups to start the year. They play the Jets and the Giants, a rookie quarterback and the Giants that we just that we just talked about. Then they have another plus matchup that I can't remember off the top of my head right now, and my computer's acting real slow, and I don't know why it's being very annoying. Um Let's talk about the Broncos side, though, because Teddy Bridgewater, last year, even though he basically cost the Panthers a ton of games, um, he still supported two fantasy-viable wide receivers. And I think he has an opportunity to do that again. I think Jerry Judy, his ceiling is capped without Drew Locke because I think Drew Locke would be more likely to be the one who's taking shots on him down the field. But I think his floor is more established, and I think that that in the long term is is more interesting. And I think Corlin Sutton, you saw him really turn a corner uh, a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the coaching staff saw it. You saw it. When he made that video that went viral where he was cutting on his, on his knee like that, that kind of gave him his swag back, and he's been playing very well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, I, I, I want to start both of these guys. And the Giants are a hard matchup. The Giants did have a good uh, secondary last year, but their secondary doesn't scare me away um, from wanting to start both of these guys. I agree. They're both very talented. <clears throat> and Teddy Dedu is at least able to get the ball into his playmaker's hand. So I think Judy and Sutton are decent plays this week. I know that the Giants have a decent secondary and, James Bradbury can lock down anyone, including Julio Jones. <laughs> uh, that was funny. That was a classic Brodo joke. If you don't, if if you if you know, you know. But see, James, uh, I see, have that's, both. That's one of the reasons why I'm not scared of the Giants, man. The Giants had a lot of players on that on that team have career years all at the same time, and I just like, I I've just seen the NFL long enough to know that that doesn't happen twice in a row. Like James Bradbury, yeah, he had a great season last year, but he's also had he's also like been in the league for a long time. Is it one hundred percent 
guaranteed that he's going to be great like last year, or does he regress to the mean kind of? You know, I, I think that's an option. I think that's something that could happen. And like a, a bunch of the Giants players had this. I mean, on the other side, they have a Dory Jackson at cornerback who everyone's like, oh, a Dory Jackson, because they hear the name and they they recognize it. But a Dory Jackson missed the entire year last year. And even before that, had an off year the year before that. So, like, a Dory Jackson, how much are you getting out of a Dory Jackson as your number two corner? So, it's just like, I, I, to me, this secondary is a little overrated as well. Like, I know I'm a Jets fan, so it might seem like I'm hating on the Giants, but I really don't have any hate for the Giants. I just hate this team in particular because I just... I think they're going to lose a lot of games, and I think one, that's one of the reasons. No, that's a that's a fair point. Like, a lot of people played better than they ever had last year. Yeah. And what, what I want to see within this new offense, too, because the, the Giants aren't particularly great against tight ends either, I want to see how often this offense and Teddy Bridgewater target the tight end. Because last year, the Broncos threw 148 targets to tight ends, fourth in the NFL. They did what now? They threw 148 passes to tight ends last year. The Panthers? The Broncos. Oh, bro. I was about to say, like, what are you talking about? No, the Broncos. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. I want to see if this offense, if Fant is still going to... Because a lot of that wasn't a Fant, and that's why people are high on Fant, because he's athletic. He he could see a decent target share. I want to see what happens there. It's a good game to start no Fant if you have him. Um, I have him at around like 12 or something, but that's because, you know, I started Gronk over him. You know, I called Gronk having a good game. but uh, So it's a, it's a good week for no offense. Uh, yeah, I wish I, w- I put Gronk higher in my rankings now. I have him at 10. I wish I put him higher too. Yeah, I put him at 11. Not, I, I was feeling good about that after the first touchdown. Now I'm not feeling so good about it no more. Um, anyone else in the Broncos uh, that – at least pass catchers like I I was in two leagues where Tim Patrick got drafted someone make that make sense I can't yeah uh so um no more pass catchers let's go to the the most interesting topic of this game I think the most interesting topic of this game is the Broncos running backs I want to see how this running back this this running back room is deployed recently I just I'm actually in two leagues where Melvin Gordon was so disrespected that I ended up getting Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in both leagues. So I have Javante Williams in two leagues, and I also have Melvin Gordon in those leagues. I'm starting Melvin Gordon over Javante Williams in both of those leagues just because I believe that that Melvin Gordon, the veteran, is more likely to get the work, the main work, in the first game. Um, that's not to say I don't think Javante Williams is going to have a better season than Melvin Gordon. I definitely am on the Javante Williams is going to take over eventually bandwagon. But I think for this game, I'm not confident starting Javante Williams, and I am confident starting Melgo. What say you? I think that's a logical way to look at it. I don't know if that's the way I'm looking at it. Like, I, I get it. <clears throat> Melgo has been good for a while now um like there's no reason for the broncos to entirely move on from him but they did rest javante williams at the end of the preseason he looked good in the preseason they spent high draft capital on him i wouldn't be surprised if him and gordon right away are at a 50 50 split and even if it favors javante williams a little bit uh you remember that javante williams 
and North Carolina was a timeshare back with Michael Carter. So it's not like he's used to be having a workhorse whole regard role regardless. <laughs> Our so workhorse hole. Workhorse hole. <laughs> so it kind of just makes sense for him and Melgo to have a timeshare split. Just based on talent and opportunity, I wouldn't be too surprised if Jonathan Williams comes out with more points this week. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? Uh, no, sirree. All right, let's move on to the next game, the Packers at the Saints. Um, the Saints, man, who knows what you're getting with the Saints. This is the most brand-new Saints team we've seen since the Drew Brees era as upon us. A lot of people don't remember this, but the, the Saints had, that, had like a, a, a period of four or five years where they were either super average or below average. Um, and then they, they bounced back and became, so they like during the cheat, the saints run with drew Brees. It's not like they were contenders every year. Sometimes they were down. Sometimes they were a last place team, even with drew Brees. So I don't think this team is, you know, immune to it because, because of Sean Payton. Like I think, the Patriots are immune to last place because of Bill Belichick. The 49ers are immune to last place because of Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you know, these teams, uh, and there's there's many more. I just can't think of off, off the top of my head. Like, the, the, the Steelers are immune to last place because of Mike Tomlin. These are just guys who you know. Sean Payton's not like that. Sean Payton is a genius. Sean Payton is a great coach, but he's not on that level of... I've never had a bad season in my life before. Um, so I'm a little nervous about the Saints. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what to expect. The Packers were super susceptible to the run last year, so I know I'm I'm firing up Alvin Kamara on all cylinders. Um, I think that there's a chance that Marcus Callaway has a good game in this, in this game. I want to talk about also Traquan Smith because a lot of people have just – Put Traquan Smith to the side. And I think that that's a mistake because Traquan Smith's game never really matched Drew Brees. Traquan Smith's game matches Jameis Winston way more than Traquan Smith's game matches Drew Brees. So I think there's a chance still that Traquan Smith is the guy coming out of this. But it's hard to say. So are you taking a chance? On any of these pass catchers in the opening game, Jay? Jason, I think you're on mute. Yep, I did it. I did it again. <laughs> if if it is, I think it has to be Marquez Callaway. <clears throat> like, Jameis Winston is an infamous gunslinger. He's going to throw it to his guys no matter if they're covered or not. And that guy was Marquez Callaway in the preseason. And it's a small sample size. But Callaway looked good, and I don't know why we would think it's Traquan Smith otherwise. So the issue is that Jair Alexander is a guy with a name on the Packers, and that guy with a name is very good at football. So if Alexander's blocking Callaway, it's going to be a long day for Jameis Winston. It really is tough to know what to expect here because – it's a team with a lot of not a lot of names on it at the moment. Uh, Adam Troutman is apparently healthy and going to play week one. So do we expect him to get targets? 
Jameis Winston has been decent with O.J. Howard and Cameron Brayton in his career. Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris maybe will get more involved. It's Alvin Kamara and then a bunch of question marks. And, and, and also, Packers. don't forget Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, like we were talking about this before, I don't think that Taysom Hill is just going to sit on the bench. Like, Sean Payton loves him too much, and he's too valuable. Like, this guy's going to be in the game doing something. There's going to be Tyson, Taysom Hill packages. There's going to be him coming out and playing tight end, playing receiver. I think that's a guarantee, doing some end arounds or, like, double reverse passes or something like that. That's a guarantee that's going to happen, too. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. It's going to be an offense looking for something, and I don't know if I want to bet on that outside yeah. of Alan Kamara. Um, what about on the other side? The Packers going against a Saints defense that has lost some pieces. Um, a Saints defense that has kind of been watered down over the past uh, few years. Um, Devontae Adams is the, I think, experts consensus number one overall wide receiver. I respect Marshawn Lattimore enough to at least put Devontae Adams number three. <laughs> um, but just because I love Ju- Justin Jefferson and Calvin Ridley this week So Devontae Adams is going to come in at number 3 for me um, And yeah, I mean that's that's how I'm feeling about that I'm feeling real good about that Is there any other wide receiver uh, on the Packers that you're taking a shot on? Not in particular I, I'm more interested in watching this game And seeing where people are on the field Who's getting targets, who's running routes I like to see if Amari Rogers has a decent role. Um, what MVS and Alan Lazard are going to be doing. I'm not starting any of them this week. The, I think that the number two <clears throat> passing game option should be, will be, and should be started is Robert Tunyon. Robert Thanks. Tunyon caught a touchdown, one out of every 4.7 receptions last year, which is just absurd. But he was also first in points for opportunity, excluding touchdowns for tight ends. So the man knows how to do work. And I think that a lot of people are fading him for no good reason. And I think that he's a he's a good play this week in a in a game where you don't really know what the rest of the offense outside of Adams and Jones is gonna look like. I agree. I got Ta- I got Tanyan tight end seven. And you know I <sighs> Sometimes with the tight ends is like some of these guys like I gotta put Darren Waller up there because he's Darren Waller, but Darren Waller has had his dud games and he's facing Baltimore, who is linebacker factory, and I don't believe Darren Waller. I I truly believe that Robert Tanyan could have a better game than Darren Waller, but I I don't wanna like I don't wanna rank it that way because it's just not a guarantee. But I think it's a possibility. I, that's how I'm I'm high on Tomlin. I mean on Tanyan in that sense, where I think he could outperform Waller. Um, next week. Um, what about Aaron Jones, who is, is my guy, uh, who is the number two option on this team? Um, I took Aaron Jones at a lot of drafts where I was picking like seventh or eighth. Like that was my guy to get. I'm very, I was very happy to leave drafts with Aaron Jones. Um, one of the more underrated guys, that's someone that Jason identified real early when everyone was like, oh, we don't know. He's going to split carries. Jason was like, no, it's Aaron Jones' backfield. Trust me. And it ended up winning him some championships that year too. Um, since then, he's been great. And he's finally getting his due this this year, being drafted in the first round, like seventh overall. Um, are you worried about the A.J. Dillon factor 
And how are you looking at how are you looking and ranking at these guys? How are you? Here we go again. How are you looking at and ranking these guys in this game? Boom. Um, I'm I'm not worried about AJ Dillon, and I'm never gonna suggest starting AJ Dillon as long as Aaron Jones is healthy. Interesting. Look, AJ Dillon will have the Jamal Williams role, which is fine. He's gonna get some rushes. That's cool and dandy. Um, I'd argue that Aaron Jones. I mean. A.J. Dillon is not a great pass catcher. Like, you could argue um, Jamal Williams is better suited to catch passes than A.J. Dillon, even though A.J. Dillon's a behemoth of a human. For sure, though. So, Aaron Jones is going to be the guy catching passes for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to get most of the rushing work. Notoriously underrated pass catcher. 47 and 49 receptions the last two years. You're firing up AJ Jones, Aaron Jones happily. And what the about, guy's a stud. What about AJ Jones? AJ Jones is a bum. <laughs> what about AJ Dillon? Because he, there's a chance AJ Dillon has standalone value, and I think no. that the, the 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 fear is that AJ Dillon's the goal linebacker. That's the fear. I think that's a real fear. I'm not that's fair fearful enough. of that. And obviously, you're starting Aaron Rodgers with uh with very good intentions. I actually have Aaron Rodgers as QB ten in this game because I think uh. I think the I just like a lot of other guys this week, and I also think that the running game and Aaron Jones is going to be the main focus. I have Rodgers at ten too. Yeah. So, all right, that's where we stand in there. Is any any anyone, anyone else in this game you want to talk about? PPOP. All right, let's move on to the Bears at the Rams. Um, Bears at the Rams. This is going to be the a good Bears. test right off the bat to see if David Montgomery was only good last year because of matchups. It's going to be a very good test to see right off the bat. Um, Allen Robinson is quarterback proof, but is he matchup proof? He'll have Jalen Ramsey and with Andy Dalton throwing to him. That's something I'm, I'm nervous about. If I drafted Allen Robinson, which I did in my main league, I am nervous about this matchup. It does not make me feel good, this matchup. Not, not at all, not even a little bit. So, very... I, I, I think I'm fading the, the Bears here. Like, I, I just, obviously, you got to start Allen Robinson if you have him. But besides that, I'm not I'm not giving Mooney a shot. Uh, you got to start David Montgomery if you have him. You took him in the third round. I'm going to start him, but I'm not going to have these high expectations for him. And there's really no one else that I'm even considering. Um, how are you feeling about this Bears side? I'm with you. I'm not loving the Bears either. Um, Andy Dalton is not super great. And Allen Robinson has not fared great against Jalen Ramsey in his career in two games uh, for the, with the Bears against Ramsey. He's gone for eight receptions, 85 yards, and zero touchdowns in both games combined. Darnell Mooney is someone who's getting overhyped, in my opinion. He's fine, but he's not going to make a shitload of plays for Andy Dalton. And like you said, it's not a great matchup for David Montgomery either. The Rams only gave up 90 rushing yards a game last year. Oof. They only gave up 12 touchdowns. So they're a team that didn't really let you find the end zone, didn't really let you run for a lot of yards. So unless David Montgomery is catching passes from Dalton and stacking up points that way, it could be a long night for Montgomery too. So it is definitely a worrisome matchup for the Bears. And even if, like, you don't always want to look at last year and try to base it off of that. But sometimes it's just common sense. 
And if you look at this Rams defense, it's common sense that they're still very, very good. So it's it's a tough matchup for that reason. What they about still have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and co. Let's go to the other side. Um, the Rams, brand new offense. Um, the Bears are not the defense they used to be. Now, they still have some really good players on the defense, particularly a linebacker, Roquan Smith, and and uh, Khalil Mack, of course. All right, So you know that they have some good players. But overall, this defense is not the same defense that it once was. With that being said, brand new quarterback in Matt Stafford. Two guys who you're going to start, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. So you're going to start those guys, and I expect them both to be, at the minimum, wide receiver twos with wide receiver one upside. Daryl yeah, Henderson. Fair assessment. Yeah, Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle. It's going to be interesting to see how that breaks out. Um, how are you feeling about uh, this backfield situation, and are you confident against the Bears with this? The Bears. Um, it's tough. It's not the best matchup on earth. It's tough to know. But I, I'm more bullish is the word when you're on someone. I'm more bullish on Daryl Henderson than the consensus, I suppose. I don't think that, like, they just traded for Michelle. He's getting acclimated to the offense. Let's not forget that Sony Michelle's just not that good. So I'm not entirely convinced that Sony Michelle is going to have too big of a role in this game. I expect Daryl Henderson, who has been good in his career. For some people, people don't want to believe that, but he has been good in his career. I expect him to have a big role. The last time McVay was asked about it, he said he's going to have a big role, a very big role. So for now, I'm going to bet on that, and I have Henderson as my RB19. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Henderson outscores Monty in this game. I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I actually think I have that's how I have them. No, I don't. I have Daryl Henderson two spots away from from uh, David Montgomery, two spots lower. But you know that could that could change in between now and then. Um, what do you think about Matt Stafford in this game? Matt Stafford for me is going to be essentially in the same place every week around quarterback fourteen. He doesn't use his legs. And unless it's a matchup against the Cowboys, he's not really going to – or he, he has some games against Arizona, Seattle, Detroit. So, like, games like that, he'll be a little bit higher. But when he doesn't use his legs at all, you're going to have to rely on 300 yards, three touchdown games. And he could do that against the Bears. It's a tougher matchup. Um, perhaps they try to – McVay is a coach who likes to run the ball. Maybe they try to ease in Matt Stafford, although I doubt that he's a vet. Yeah, no, uh, no way. I have a quarterback fourteen. I don't think I don't see him lighting up the Bears. I think, and we're and we're playing with narratives again here. I think that there is a possibility that Matt Stafford. It's Sunday night. He's in a new city. He's been held back this whole time by Detroit. Um, he's always had a, a propensity for Detroit. Didn't win a lot. But when Detroit needed Matt Stafford at the end of a game, Matt Stafford came through at the end of a game. Like, he's always been clutch. Um, so that shows me he likes the spotlight. He likes he likes the, atten- he likes the attention. He likes to be in the mix. I think uh, maybe some adrenaline pushes Matt Stafford a little, a little far on these Chicago Bears because I think that the Bears get 
demolished and Justin Fields takes over week two. I think that that's that's my outlook for what's going to happen. If 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 something else happens, something else happens. But I think that the Bears are going to get demolished and hand the reins to to Justin Fields. It's entirely possible. Um. All right, Jay. Anyone else you want to talk about in this game? I don't think so. Uh, that, Tyler Higby. Oh, definitely Tyler Higby. Start. Um. The question is usage, man. It's funny because. It's basically identical. The last five games of 2019 that everyone points to, 43 catches, 522 yards. Last year, 44 catches, 521 yards. So in the whole season, he had one more catch, one less yard than that five-game insane outbreak he had. So just about usage. I don't think anyone doubts that Higby has talent. Um. How much is it going to be used? That's what I want to see here. You could start Higby in this game. I'm not going to rush to your house and say, start Higby. I have my tight end 14. Please don't rush. Please don't rush to my house <laughs> at, at any point. You, uh, another guy like that five I Gronk hours away, over. It's going to be bad. Um, as opposed to expert consensus where Gronk was behind these people. So it sucks that he played on Thursday. But maybe you got him in. Um, but you could start Higby this week. I'd rather... Try to get a sense of it, what his role in the offense is going to be. I I like Higby this week. I think he'll have a big role in the offense. Um, let's go to the Monday night game, the last game on the Dakot, uh, the Ravens at the Raiders. So let's start with the most uh, breaking news. Um, it took us long enough to get here. Gus Edwards tore his ACL. Marcus Peters tore an ACL. Um, I don't know what exactly is going on in Baltimore, but it seems as though they are practicing uh, dodgeball style by throwing hammers at each other. They're just like lining up across. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's it. If you can dodge a wrench, just throwing wrenches, just nailing each other in the head with wrenches. The speculation is that's what's leading to these injuries. But um, let's not speculate. Um, (laughs) But for real, like Gus Edwards, out for the season now. So that leaves us with Tyson Williams is the only – running back on this roster right now the only one and he is an undrafted free agent that played at South Carolina for three years and then played at BYU uh, last season and in these in his entire career he has never had a season of over 500 rushing yards in college so that's who you're looking for to lead uh, the Ravens' backfield. They also signed Le'Veon Bell to a practice squad with a promise that once he's acclimated to the offense, he'll be um, he'll be called up. I stashed Le'Veon Bell. I felt real good about him, even after they signed Devontae Freeman, who was also signed to the practice squad. And then, just a few moments ago, they also signed Latavius Murray. So... The Ravens are doing something. Who knows what the Ravens are going to be doing with their backfield? And now I, I, there was a time where I liked Le'Veon Bell for about six hours. Uh, that time is over. <laughs> yeah, your guess is as good as mine, man. But I, from four for, fucking guys. With that, with that a being said, though, rookie and three washed up dudes. With that being said, though, Tyson Williams is probably a really good start against the Raiders. Really good's a stretch. The I liked him. Initially, and then they signed Freeman, and then they signed Murray. I'm just talking about like just, I, just for week one. 
I know those are future pickups, but those are also vets that can go in and run a ball if they have to, block someone if they have to. Like, I don't know. I might sound naive, but I don't think running back is the hardest position to learn. No, you're right. You're right. And there's a reason why they brought in a bunch of vets right now. So you could take a shot on Tyson Williams. It's the Ravens. One of those running backs probably going to find the end zone. But I'm not going to condone it. Lamar Jackson is my number one quarterback because of this situation. I think that I don't think a Ravens running back needs to find the end zone. I think a Raven, a Ravens player is don't call Mr. Don't call me a running back. Lamar Jackson is going to rush the ball, but it will not be a running back. Um, I still like Tyson Williams because he's going to get the most carries in a run first offense. So who knows if it's going to be run first. So it, I mean, Mark Andrews, is someone I'm definitely looking at as someone I'm trying to start if I have, obviously, um, but maybe a DFS play for a, a shady shot at number one overall tight end this week because of that. Rashad Bateman not playing. Uh, Hollywood Brown, another guy who, if they're going to have to pass more, they're going to have to pass to someone. Hollywood Brown is probably going to be the recipient of a bunch of those passes. So I don't usually like the pass catching, uh, you know, outlook for the Ravens, but in a game like this against the Raiders, whose defense is atrocious, um, I think you can almost bank on the fact that Marquise Brown is probably going to have a good game, and Mark Andrews is most definitely going to have a good game. Yeah, look, the Raiders aren't that good, and the Ravens have won four week one games in a row. All of them by over 20 points. Wow. So John Harbaugh drinks Jordan juice before week one and then shares it with the rest of his team. The question is, who is the recipient of these things? And I agree that Hollywood Brown's a decent wide receiver three flex play this week. He had six touchdowns in the last eight games last year. Um, over 12 PPR points in each game. Mark Andrews also going to see his fair share of targets. And then Sammy Watkins is only good week one. I would never start Sammy Watkins, but it's just a fact. He's only good week one. And somehow the stars are again aligning for him to only be good week one. Interesting. But I'm not starting anyone outside of Lamar, Andrews, and Brown. Oh my god! I, I'm currently realizing that I'm playing Johnny, and Johnny has Dak and Amari Cooper. Yeah, you didn't realize this, and you have Zeke. No, I have Zeke. Right now, I'm getting. Oh my god! I'm just getting absolutely shafted. Yeah, if you haven't realized, the um, the Cowboys are going to pass 1,800 times this year. So, Ugh. man. Disappointing output from Zeke. Zeke did not look good on a swing pass in the in the red zone. He got tackled by a single safety. Didn't look Jeez, good. Mark Cooper has 30 points. Yeah. He does. He does. And Johnny likes to talk shit, so I'm not having a good time. Um, I already mentioned earlier that I was kind of fading Darren Waller in this game. Um, I, I, I hate to say this, but 
here we go again. This is like the third team I'm going to say this. I am fading the Raiders. I don't want to start any Raiders in this game. Um, one of our writers, Nick, I'll get his name right one of these days, Bullyu, um, Bullier. Bullier, he um, he had Kenyon Drake as his sleeper this this week. I, you know, I hope he's right, but I don't agree. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs is definitely not going to do anything. He hasn't practiced all week because of some personal issue. Um, I don't. There's no way I'm starting Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards against the Ravens. Although Brian Edwards does sound a little better now that uh, Peters is out, and I, I just, I just don't think the Raiders are going to move the ball against the Ravens. So I'm, I'm staying away from all of them. I mean, Darren Waller is going to get his. It's a revenge game for Darren Waller. If that means anything, you're into revenge games. Why is this a revenge game? Because he was originally a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, but I mean, it's not his. I mean, I don't think he holds the Ravens. Like he, he admits it was his fault. You know. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying it's a revenge game. All right. Um, but like, <coughs> I mean, I agree. The pass catchers are in for a pretty long day, and then. The running backs, the Ravens allowed 19 points per game to running backs last year. That's not a lot. Uh, less than half a touchdown per game to running backs. That's not a lot. Um, so it might be a long day. And Kenyon Drake came in to, it seems like, catch the passes out of that backfield. So Josh Jacobs could be looking at a 20-rush, 40-yard line. Kenyon Drake could be looking at a four-catch, for 30-yard line, and then just a random scouring of targets to wide receivers. I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter Renfro sees a few targets. And then they just a bunch of... That's just going to lead to a bunch of disgustingness around Darren Waller. I don't even think Darren Waller gets his in this game. Darren Waller had... He doesn't always get his. He had disappearing acts last year. Against New England, tight end 47. Against Carolina, tight end 16. Against Cleveland, tight end 16. Against Denver, tight end 16. Against Atlanta, tight end 22. Besides Atlanta, those are all really good defenses. I don't know. I'm fading Waller this week. Not a, not a big fan of Waller this week, but I could be wrong because he is uh, Darren Waller. Fading, you mean like in DFS or whatnot? Cause I'm, I mean, you're starting him, obviously. I'm just not please. expecting a big game out of him. If you have like a... If you have Darren Waller, and because you have Darren Waller, you're taking like a safe route in your flex rather than an explosive route in your flex, like don't do that. That's a bad idea. All right. Um, I guess that's it. We're done. Week one is over. Week one is over week for my one, team baby, too baby. because I'm, I'm playing against the Dak Cooper stack. So week and one. We over. have been watching a stupendous game. It, it's well. really been very very good. It's too bad we like. I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to rewatch the, the condensed version of this game. All you need to know is that Chris Godwin has been a to-do. Has he? I know Mike Evans has been to-do. I mean, well, Mike Evans has done nothing. And then Ronald Godwin Jones caught a touchdown. Has Ronald Jones Godwin, even been on the field? Godwin dropped a 40-yard pass and then lost the fumble at the oh, five-yard line. Damn, I missed that. I missed that. What about Ronald Jones hasn't even seen the field? No, ever since his fumble. Ugh. This is This is why you don't. We don't learn our lesson. Bruce Arians running backs. They fumble one time and they don't play for the rest of the game. Eh, it's not like we touted Ronald Jones all offseason. I just I thought this was a game. This this game didn't 
the Cowboys are doing well. Dak Prescott is slinging it. He is. It's it's good to see Dak Prescott come back and kind of like not miss a step. Yeah, the Cowboys were like, oh, you have a shoulder again? Good. Now use it until it falls off. Yeah. <laughs> and don't throw it to Zeke ever. All right. With that being said, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Michael at BrotoFF Mike. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. Um, you can find us all at BrotoFantasy.com. Don't forget to download the Fantasy Football by Broto app for all things Broto and Fantasy and Broto fantasy.com and patreon.com slash broto fantasy if you want to support the show oh man we have so many things these days it's, it's dope i love it uh, Dak prescott to cd lamb down the field man two two minutes and 17 seconds left it's gonna be a good ending uh let i wonder what it's gonna be jason let's find out not on this microphone later <laughs> later <laughs>